the Truth in My Days podcast, where we defend the Word of God against the challenges of men. Hi, I'm Dana Torts, and welcome to another episode of the Truth in My Days radio program. Today, I'm here with John Torts and Jason Chan as they discuss the important topic of creation and evolution. We are continuing from the previous episode. We hope you enjoy. When you put free energy into a system, it doesn't give you order. It gives you disorder. And the more free energy you put in, the more disorder you get. If you go back to that house in the forest, instead of the house in the forest, let's put that house out on the equator in an open field where it gets a maximum benefit of the sun's free energy. Is it going to break down faster? Sun's rays will probably break it down faster, yeah. Yeah, or is it going to like build new additions and new wings onto the building? So what they're saying is just absolute nonsense. Anybody who knows science knows that, okay? but they don't want to know that. We can illustrate this perfectly by means of a refrigerator. What is the purpose of a refrigerator? Pull down our food. Why? Uh, otherwise, it'll rot. Exactly. It's to slow down the rate of spoilage. That's why we put it in the refrigerator. Now, the refrigerator is, is insulated. Okay, So it's, it's effectively an isolated system. When we open the door, free energy gets in. When the door is closed, it's isolated. So what happens when we open the door too often? Food will probably start going bad faster. It goes bad faster. Yeah, if we keep the door closed, it goes bad more slowly. Does the food ever become more fresh? Unfortunately not. Absolutely not. So here's the thing. We have a system. If it's isolated, you don't put in free energy, then the rate of entropy formation, how fast do you get disorder, slows down. If you put in free energy, opening the door all the time, the rate of spoils, the rate of entropy formation, the rate of disorder goes up. Put in free energy, don't put in free energy, will affect how fast order turns to disorder, but it will never reverse it. So the idea that the sun putting free energy into the earth will change things and make it get ordered is nonsense. And we're, we're back to now that people, young man becoming an old man, does the sun shine on us, make us get younger? <laughs> no. No, absolutely not. Quite the opposite. I saw on TV a few years back, they were featuring this truck driver who'd been driving a truck for decades. And he'd always had his, he's on the left side, he always had his window open. And so it's just, it's just the left side of his face exposed to the sun. The right side wasn't so much. And after decades, what happened? You look at his face. The left side is completely marred. The skin is dry. It's, it's a, all, all lumpy and bumpy. The, the right side looks smooth and much younger. Putting free energy into a system makes the entropy develop faster. And they know it. So now their, their, their latest scam now is we'll call this emergent phenomena. Now it's just, we make up a fancy term, we call it emergent phenomena, as if, oh, now the second law of thermodynamics doesn't apply anymore, as, as long as we call it that. So really, when it comes to, to this fundamental step, could you ever have had simple chemicals joined together to give you the organized macromolecules you need to, to do this? The answer is no. They are totally bluffing. It's interesting, uh, Sky and Telescope ran this article some years back, 2010, where they're appealing to emergent phenomenon. Life exists because we live in a universe where energy flowing through a system tends to organize that system 
into ever more complex and unpredictable forms. Now, that's just like flat out denying the second law of thermodynamics. So you may as well be telling that 2 plus 2 equals toaster. That's how wrong it is. It's not even 2 plus 2 equals 5. This is 2 plus 2 equals kumquat. And they actually have the chutzpah to put into brackets there. The second law of thermodynamics is not violated. Organization happens at the expense of heat or disorganized energy leaving the system. So you close the refrigerator door, heat is sucked out of the system through the heat pump. So now the food does get fresher, right? According to them, yes. That's what they're trying to tell you. When those forms qualify as alive, okay, which will be a fun thing we'll look at later, what actually makes things come to life, biologists call the energy flow metabolism. So this is what they said. And I actually sent them a letter to the editor and pointed out that, that this is not true. And actually published my letter. My letter said, if it were true that energy flowing through a system tends to organize that system into ever more complex and unpredictable forms, we should be seeing piles of bricks and rubble spontaneously turning into houses all over the place. And ashes should be spontaneously turning into firewood. I believe that the reason we do not see such things is because the energy flowing through systems tends to disorganize them, not organize them like explosions, for example. Furthermore, any engineer can tell you that inputting free energy into a system as the sun does to the earth increases the rate of disorganization. It does not reverse it. The second law of thermodynamics, therefore, does stand as an insurmountable obstacle to all theories of chemical evolution. Now, look at the answer here. You're confusing violations of the second law of thermodynamics, bricks jumping up to form houses, with emergent phenomena, energy flowing through a system causing local organization at the expense of increased entropy elsewhere. You see this happening throughout nature, from complex turbulence appearing spontaneously in a fluid flow, to life processes driven by sunlight increasing in complexity over billions of years to do things like build houses. Would you like to respond to their response, Jason? Yeah, it doesn't seem like they get to the bottom of where life came from, though. Anything else jump out at you? Ah, uh, yes. Billions of years would be required. Billions of years. You can have as many years as you want. It's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. The first thing is you're confusing violations of the second law of thermodynamics with the emergent phenomena. It's like, oh, you know, we've made up this term now. We're calling it emergent phenomena. Mm -hmm. Don't talk about second law of thermodynamics, which says that energy flowing through an energy will disorganize things. Because we have, we have emergent phenomena. We'll tell you it does the opposite, <laughs> which it doesn't. Second law of thermodynamics applies to all natural processes. So, but we, we've, we've made up a new term, you see. And according to our new term, yes, this can happen. Never mind the real science. Never mind the fact that the, the most certain law of science tells you it can happen. We have proclaimed that it does. And our proof is evolution. Our proof is that, that life did evolve. Our proof is that chemicals did combine to give life. Well, that's the whole question, though, isn't it? You mm. can't assume that that happened mm -hmm. to prove that it could happen. So here's another interesting example. And this came up when one of my daughters was in university. The biology course was promoting theory of evolution, trying to get them to believe it. In the chemistry course, the chemistry professor gave an optional lecture to deal with this very issue. Now, I don't know if anybody brought it up, the problem of the second law of thermodynamics for chemical evolution, or they knew it would come up. So he had a special lecture to explain why it's not. 
And he asked, is it impossible for really, really complex molecules to form spontaneously from simple elements? No. And he actually had a, a reaction process graph there, plotting energy against reaction process. At the beginning, as simple hydrogen, nitrogen, oxygen, carbon, and phosphorus, and it requires a bit of activation energy, but then the energy drops. The energy drops by the time you get to complex DNA at the other side of the graph, and he shows that the delta G, the change in the Gibbs free energy, is negative. He says the majority of biological molecules have delta G of formation negative, below zero, which means, of course, it can happen. So he put this, this graph in front of people, and their first-year chemistry students, it's unlikely any of them would have caught the complete scam here. But you're an engineer, you catch the scam, right? Yeah, I mean, well, he starts from simple hydrogen, nitrogen, oxygen, carbon, and so on, but you have to go from the point of the forms of where these elements actually come from. Um, so they aren't necessarily free and able to just turn into these complex DNA. Exactly, exactly. See, he's not going to fool a, a graduate engineer. He'll fool first-year students. Why does he start out with simple hydrogen, nitrogen, oxygen, carbon, phosphorus? Because the delta G of formation by definition is zero. So, of course, you can get a negative delta G here. But simple hydrogen, nitrogen, oxygen, carbon, phosphorus don't exist in nature. If you had them, they would instantly join up to form simple chemicals. The hydrogen mm -hmm. would join with the oxygen and give you water. Nitrogen would join with hydrogen and give you ammonia. The carbon would join with the oxygen and give you carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, and so on. And if you want to get the DNA, that's what you would have to start with. You would first have to break those apart. And their delta G formation are big. So the reality here is this graph is a scam. Delta G of formation of molecules is hugely positive and cannot happen. I actually wrote up a paper on this explaining why this is a scam. And I had some of my peeps went down to the lecture hall and handed this out to the students. So they were reading it. And then the professor came in and he saw it and he read it. And he said, who wrote this? Who wrote this? Oh, no. And of course, I wasn't there, so there's nobody to say yes. And all he could say was, oh, see, he's afraid to face me. <laughs> but he couldn't deny what I was saying. So, again, you wonder, why are they pushing this theory of evolution against the science? Why are they pushing it so determinately? Because you got to get rid of God. Let's look again at the possibility. Now, suppose you could get those simple proteins forming, amino acids forming, and so on. Could they self-assemble into the proteins? Well, let's look. I put together this little wooden man. And our little wooden man has how many components? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 13 pieces of wood into this wooden man. How many ways can you arrange these? Well, over 622 million ways to arrange them. So if you try them all and say I could do a new one every few seconds. We're taking me close to 10,000 years to try every possibility. As chances are there about 5,000 years before I'd get that forming by random chance. And how long would it stand until somebody slammed the door and then it would fall apart? So here you go. The second law of thermodynamics. All natural processes tend towards increasing disorder from specified complexity to randomness in all systems, whether open, closed, or isolated, is a fundamental, insurmountable barrier to the theory of evolution. 
How else can they try to get around it? We try to get around it through what we call the chloroplast gambit. And the appeal to uh, what you mentioned before, that plants can do it. You get the sun's energy coming in and the chloroplasts in, in the plant will convert that free energy into usable forms so that life on Earth can proceed. Yes, if you have the chloroplasts. Right. But we're talking about where did life come from in the first place? Until you have life, until you have plants, you don't have chloroplasts. Mm -hmm. So before that, what was converting the sun's free energy? So if we're back to those four essential steps for the revolution, the first one, simple chemicals must spontaneously self-assemble the complex organic molecules. Can't happen. The revolution is already dead in the water. The second step that the complex organic molecules have to self-assemble the cell also can't happen. By the second law of thermodynamics, the theory fails again. This from Sir Arthur Eddington, English physicist, mathematician, astronomer, who wrote the greatest works in astrophysics, provided the first proof for the theory of relativity. He says this, The law that entropy always increases, the second law of thermodynamics holds, I think, the supreme position among the laws of nature. If someone points out to you that your pet theory of the universe is in disagreement with Maxwell's equations, then so much the worse for Maxwell's equations. If it is found to be contradicted by observation, well, these experimentalists bungle things sometimes. But if your theory is found to be against the second law of thermodynamics, I can give you no hope there's nothing for it but to collapse in deepest humiliation. So there you go. The most fundamental law of science destroys any attempt at chemical evolution, which in turn destroys any attempt at evolution. Thank you everyone for listening today. Unfortunately, we have run out of time, but please join us for the next part tomorrow. Same time and same place. If you enjoy our content and think this is important material, the best compliment you can pay is by sharing this with your friends and family. This helps us out a lot. Also, if you enjoyed today's program, please like, comment, share, and subscribe to this podcast. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to The Truth in My Days podcast with John Torse. We would love to hear from you. Please feel free to share any questions or comments you may have. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, and YouTube. Simply search Truth In My Days as one word. Again, Truth In My Days as one word, no spaces in between. And you can connect with us. You may also visit our website for more comprehensive material and to learn more about our ministry. Our website is truthinmydays.com. Thank you. Thank you.